0: I'm Vic And I'm OBS. And we have so much to say. About what, though? Life, meaning, purpose, trying to figure out all of the super complicated stuff about what it means to be alive. That's deep. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like it will be easier because we're doing it together.
1: True. Each week, we're reading one chapter of Eckhart Tolle's book, A New Earth,
0: and then recapping what we learned right here on this podcast. So it's kind of like a book club. Kind of. This is going to be so much fun. We love this book and hope you do too. Get ready to awaken to your life's purpose with us. Let's get started because we have so So much much to to say. say. Oh my God, how are you? I'm good. How are you? (laughs) I'm like exhausted, like exhausted. Are you tired this week?
1: I was on Monday, but I got new life today. But no wonder you're exhausted. I love when I go and I check your stories and I'm like, oh, she looks fucking incredible. And what premiere is she at? (laughs) Like, I'm just like a regular follower and I'm like harding up on all your (laughs) Posts Screenshotting Fransbo
0: I know That's that's so funny (laughs) I do love that like you consume my content way more now Aubrey used to put me on mute Because we would have nothing to talk about Yeah we had this
1: conversation You called me in the middle of COVID and you were like Why don't you ever check in on me And I was like because I know what you're doing at all hours of the day What do you mean (laughs) (laughs) So I muted her for a few years But but... now I love
0: it You and Maureen on everything (laughs) yeah, I'm a little tired, but I'm so excited because I have so much to say. This was a wild chapter. No wonder that we read it and then stopped reading the book and then told everyone we read the book. Exactly. (laughs) I know.
1: I feel like I learned everything I needed to know.
0: There's a lot here. Where to even begin? Well, I want to tell you that I feel like I've been really aware of ego, like in other people, in me. There was a situation that happened this past weekend where like someone, I felt like, came to me with a lot of ego and I recognized it and I didn't take it personally and I met them with compassion and just facts and like completely diffused it.
1: Good for you. It felt like
0: magic. It felt like having superpowers.
1: Totally. I had a similar situation where I like made some snarky comment about someone, and I like had I removed myself from the room. <laughs> I took a deep breath, and I came back and was like, "I did not show up to that situation the want the way I wanted to." And now I'm back as my higher self. Wait,
0: literally though, reading this chapter, I was like, "So we never get a gossip again."
1: <laughs> we, I literally wrote six different times, but
0: I love tea. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but when, I live for the tea. When Eki was saying that little bit of when he perfectly described it, he was like. Even if it's bad news or good news, when you go to tell someone and you know, that little bit of knowing before someone makes you feel superior. Totally. And it's crazy because, like, I mean,
1: that's – are we starting there? I mean, I'm down where, to start wherever there. I you want.
0: I kind of just spit that out.
1: No. I mean, I have so much to say about that. Like, one thing about me is, like, I'm a kind human. I don't want anyone to think otherwise, but I love – A cup of piping hot tea we were at an event recently and we got back to the room and we're like a little tipsy and we're winding down he's ready to go to bed and i just like want to gossip about everything and he's like why are you doing why are you doing that and i was like doing what he's like like why do you want to get back here and like gossip about everything like this was a great night and i was like
0: this was such a great night like what is my problem no, but I get what you're saying because I have things where like I live to just call my mom after and like dish on everything. Yes.
1: Yes. I call Marine for an hour a day to just dish on everything and everyone. Even
0: Max will, Max, who is like just such an angel, but he will be like, we'll talk negative, but then he'll be like, and I like, there's obviously so many positives, but like, You know, this is just the more fun stuff to talk about. Like, it is more... Why is it more
1: fun? (laughs) It's so much more fun. But, like, why? Just because we're getting, like, a little thrill out of it? Like, our egos feel better?
0: Yes. And you know what? I felt like literally... I was added in this chapter because we're, if we're just going to start talking about this, I know we have literally so much to get into. Um, This is where the name of the podcast really comes in hand because we have so much to say. I don't even know where to fucking start, but on 74, he says anything that you resent and strongly react to in another is also in you. And when I think of the women like, or the girls who, I don't want to say they irk me because I also, this is just a disclaimer, which should have been in the first episode, but I want to acknowledge that you and I are being incredibly vulnerable and in that we are like putting on blast the uglier sides of our ego. These are not things that people, people don't want to say. Some people irk me. I gossip. I talk negative. No one wants to say that, but it is, it is true. And like, I just think if someone's reading this book with us and they're listening to this podcast, they can have compassion and sympathy for like some of the stuff we're going to share. It's like, it's the ugly side of us, but I think it's admirable to even be acknowledging it because you have to recognize the ugly to do the work. So to make my point here, there are only a few women and they just like, I sense this, this envy or this Desire to do better, and I I despise it in myself because I will say, and you know, we've been friends our whole life. But when I was younger, this was way more a part of my personality. Like I really felt like I competed with everyone, and now I swear I can count on one hand. The, the girls who I'm just like, and I hate it. I'm like, why can't I watch their Instagram story? Why can't I? And it's this, it's because I admire whether it's the way that they dress or their personality or their success or their creative. And it's, he said it right here. Anything I strongly react to in another is also in me. And it's almost like my ego's threatened. Like there can't be two people who are creative or two people who do this or two people who do that, you know? Totally.
1: Do you remember studying shadow selves? It's just that concept of the thing the person that you can't stand is just a direct reflection of
0: all the shit that's buried inside of you it made me think of the people who are like diehard homophobic and then they end up later in life coming out of the closet and being gay yes
1: yes totally i know it's crazy also on the gossiping thing if we're gonna just dive right into it i was like why do i love to gossip so much like what is my what where does what is that and i literally think it's like this insecurity of me being so worried about what other people are thinking of me that it feeds my ego to be like talking about other people and like things that aren't going right for them things that are wrong with them so that like i feel better about myself because at, at the root of it it's just like i want everyone to like me all the time it's like the people pleaser in me
0: i totally get that though like the desire to assert that other people don't have their shit figured out so you feel better and like a place of uncertainty.
1: And it's literally just a huge insecurity in myself and
0: nothing to do with the other people. Yeah. And it's wild how we read this chapter this week and I've had so many little things come up like, you know what I'm talking about, but there was some, I'm not going to get into all the details. Someone came to my wedding and didn't bring a gift and didn't write a card. And the way that I have brought this up, so many times for what? Literally, like it's my ego grasping to this story. Do you want I, to know something though? What? My ego attached to that,
1: and that's what I was gossiping about when I got back from the event. And he was like, "Can you just stop?
0: Like, what are you doing?" That's. So, so I was attached to your wedding problem. That's <laughs> so funny. I know, like, because I, I bet our egos are aligned. <laughs> <laughs> our egos are so aligned. They grew up feeding. Disclaimer: on each
1: other. I've never talked shit about Vic ever so even
0: if I I've never talked shit about you and even if my mind were to even try to think shit of you it couldn't because it would be like like it would be like malfunctioning It's my ego it's coaching. but okay on 66 he says the past has no power to stop you from being present now only your grievance about the past can do that and what is grievance the baggage of old thought and emotion and to me it's like it's this little thing like they didn't bring a gift Yet here I have so many amazing things to reflect on at my wedding and the 99.9% of people who brought a gift or wrote a card. And yet I have multiple times, on multiple occasions, harped on this like little grudge of I can't believe they didn't bring a gift, you know? And it's it's living in the past. And it made me think about, also I wanted to ask you, OBS, when it said at the top of this page, I highlighted these three lines. It requires honesty to see whether you still harbor grievances, whether there is someone in your life you have not completely forgiven, an enemy. And I wanted to kick to you, like, do you think you have an enemy?
1: I don't think I have an enemy at the forefront of my mind, but there are definitely people who have been in my past that I have marked them as an enemy. And like, I guess I don't know how to describe it. It doesn't affect my everyday life. I don't, harbor any real emotions but it's almost like I have these like old characters that I use as fake enemies if that makes sense like for the bit of my life like <laughs> it's not. It's like I don't actually care or feel anything it's just like for the plot I like the drama of like you know having yeah.
0: that yeah I know what you're saying because sense. obviously we don't have like enemies like do I think there's some people who dislike me and have a misunderstanding of maybe a situation in the past Yes. Only a few. And and do I wish I could clear the air? Yes. However, I feel like a lot of this work too is like we can gain consciousness and awareness. Other people might not. I like to give everyone grace. I really do. Like if I did see someone from my past or someone who maybe we didn't get along with at the time, like I would like to believe, and hopefully you can say you think this would be true too, that I would meet them with grace and kindness yeah. and give them the opportunity. I believe we're all growing. I wouldn't approach someone as if they're still their 15-year-old self, you know, or they're still their 18-year-old self. I'm 26. I've done a lot of fucking work. I would hope you've done work too. This makes me think of a I call it a character from
1: our past who, you know, recently emerged in my life the past two years. I saw she was subtweeting me, which was bizarre. And then I heard that she was saying negative things about me to my best friends. So I ran into her at a bar and I was like, you know, if there is like genuinely I came with such grace. And I was like, if if there is anything that happened, like, please, I would love to apologize or whatever. And, you know, she was like, no, nothing happened like it like, you know, got like jittery and. It, it was just kind of like, I guess that's one of those moments. It's like she probably likes to have
0: enemies of the past that like. And that's the thing is she, similar to how Eckhart describes, is so identified with this narrative of yeah. what what they believe the story to be. Some people go their whole lives believing nothing good ever happens to them. They're the victim. They're yeah. constantly rolled over the world's out to get them and like we are just these small parts of like a plot and if they stop believing that then who are they I almost think about with mental health and I experienced this and I think it's I've had this conversation on RealPod before like when I was depressed it was becoming my personality and all my teammates and I would send the depressive memes and like being happy and optimistic was like you're fucking weird or like ew, eye roll. Like we don't want that positivity. Yeah. Then you start to identify with like, yeah, we all hate our lives. We bond over this. Like, right? and it becomes identity. So, and I'm not trying to speak down. Like I, I think there are things in my life where like, I'm kind of realizing as I read this book, my identity is wrapped up in this, like being a very good person. Like You know what I'm saying? Interesting. No, totally. I think he
1: referenced that like pretty early on. It's hard because it's like you're not supposed to identify with anything and just be the I am behind everything.
0: Well, what did you think about the times he was saying like the different facts? Like you can state a fact that's true and you are correct and someone's incorrect, but it's when you say, believe me.
1: I feel like it's easy to differentiate between when my ego is kicking in and I just want to be right. Something in the do you want peace or drama? section was like can you be aware of your mind racing to defend its position justify attack and blame can you feel that there is something in you that is at war something that feels threatened and wants to survive at all costs can you feel there is something in you that would rather be right than at
0: peace is it me or did your blood begin to boil inside your body reading this wait literally I was like it was like it was like he was attacking my ego and I was like no but I am right you know I also I think it's so funny that he started it with do you want peace or drama you want peace. There's no one who does not want peace. I was like, okay, facts, preach.
1: I know. I was like,
0: okay, can you tell me what I want? No, but I literally highlighted this entire paragraph. I was like 100% retweet.
1: Yeah. And I I feel like I go into survival mode so quickly for whatever reason. And it's obviously not actual survival. It's not like I'm being attacked by lions, but my nervous system kicks in to go into survival mode and when I feel like there's conflict arriving, arising.
0: But what I thought was interesting is he said, can you be aware of your mind racing to defend its position, justify attack, blame? In other words, can you awaken at that moment of unconsciousness? And you know where my ego is in denial? My ego doesn't think I'm unconscious. Like when I read this, <laughs> And it said, can you can you awaken in that moment of unconsciousness? If I think about a time where I started to like, you know, boil up, Mm-mm, I am 100% correct and this person's wrong. I struggle to be like, that is me being unconscious. But the really enlightened learning is literally directly to the left of that paragraph you read on from 77 on 76. He says, recognize the ego for what it is a collective dysfunction, the insanity of the human mind. When you recognize it for what it is, you no longer misperceive it as somebody's identity. Once you see the ego for what it is, it becomes much easier to remain non-reactive towards it. You don't take it personally anymore. Yeah. I read that and just almost felt like a sigh of relief. The same way that we were just saying we would see someone from 10 years ago and give them the benefit of the doubt to have grown or changed the same way we have hoped to. I think the goal is to do that in the moment when someone is meeting you with the hostility or the anger or the ego and for us to just like take that deep breath and recognize their unconscious. It doesn't mean we have to tolerate it, but we don't have to meet it with yelling and fighting and discourse. Totally. The
1: anger and hostility part I don't meet things with anger very frequently but like I meet things with defensiveness out of fear I don't I don't really know where it is but as a protection mechanism like I start shaking wait when you think you're gonna
0: be proved wrong you're saying no
1: just in a situation of conflict I don't approach it with anger
0: you don't like like conflict
1: I don't like conflict at all It's like hard for me to get angry, but it's interesting. And I always thought of that as like higher than thou. Like, I don't, I don't relate to the emotion of anger, but like (laughs) really my defensiveness, no matter how it comes out, if it's crying or I don't know, I'm such a crier. I go to like sadness first, but like it's a defense mechanism and that's ego too. It's not taking a step back and looking at the facts. I feel like acting in the moment is like so tough. I need a second to collect my emotions before I can proceed. Like 25 minutes <laughs> before I can perceive proceed with non-reaction.
0: But you know what? I think it's powerful to take those 25 minutes and then actually like yeah. when you said you left the room and you took your breaths and you came back, that is growth and it yeah. makes me think of the thing I've been doing with like hand on the heart yeah. to say – I'm having a reaction, having like when reaction. I sense myself just getting into immediate defensive mode. What are your thoughts though on like, sometimes I think of that. Like, let's think of these situations. You leaving the room to take your breaths, me putting my hand on my heart. And then I think, you're fucking so soft. I am so soft. No, but like- It's that, embarrassing. That's literally, I think about like my, like Yaya being like, you're you're taking a deep breath with your hand on your heart. Like, are you stable? <laughs> like. No, I like, I will cry at anything.
1: I probably cry at least once a day, but like over nothing, over a TikTok, a
0: commercial. And that's my question, like, and I'm interested in your thoughts, like just discussing this. Like I I have a part of me that's like, you know, just do the thing and screw your boundary and you should be tougher and you should be whatever you're 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 getting so like soft. I, yeah, and I, I but I hate to use that word because obviously, and I talk about this all the time like how important it is to recognize that acknowledging your mental health issues is not a weakness and it's not a softening, but I have the voice in my head telling me it is. And now it's like, I wonder if that's the ego trying to maintain its aliveness because when we, when we become conscious, the ego can't exist.
1: I would combat that because like, I think in the past year, my, I don't know what's happened, but I've had a shift in like how I approach conflict. And I think it's easier to get mad. It's easier to like slip into those emotions. So I think looking at putting your hand over your heart, having the reaction as a softening is not the right framing. That is the hard thing to
0: do. Yes. And my wise mind, higher self, like agrees with you. And it's the ego voice that is coming in because on page 64, he says, the moment you become aware of the ego in you, it is strictly speaking no longer the ego, but just an old conditioned mind pattern. Ego implies unawareness. Awareness and ego cannot coexist. So every time it is recognized, it is weakened. So when we do that, when we slow down, when we take the breath, we weaken it. It can't survive in those moments. And that thought coming yeah. in of like, screw your breathing and just scream at him. Like that's, yeah, that's ego. I'm, ha- I'm having a breakthrough right now. Are you?
1: <laughs> I'm having a breakthrough. Yeah. Like I think I need to remind myself that that approach is powerful. Because I think I was convincing myself that people will walk all over you if you do that. but like that's my ego. People are gonna walk all over you, but it doesn't matter because that's not how I'm gonna find inner peace. It's you know,
0: so true. You hit the nail on the head. I completely agree. One of my favorite quotes I've said I say this a lot from Kobe Bryant in his book, Geese are Never Swans. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it takes more strength and energy to hold back than it does to push.
1: I'm just going to let that breathe for a second.
0: (laughs) Like it can be be the easier thing. I mean, think about this work. You know, sometimes like how hard it is for me to sit down and open these chapters and be like, let's fucking go. Like, because it's mental work to like undo this and think about it. Like it's not easy. And I think that's to do with happiness as well. We all want to be happy, but I don't think we process and accept how much work goes into actually being happy the journaling the reiterating the teachings the having these conversations the being vulnerable the risking judgment and also like putting these things
1: into work into life like not just reading the words and then letting them evaporate you know
0: yeah it's easier for me to sleep in and not go move my body and check my phone right away and get pissed and send a quick text at someone and then complain about blah, blah, blah. And like, and it is harder for me to go to bed and give my body eight hours of sleep and wake up and see the sunlight and journal and, you know, like
1: a full-time job. It
0: really is. I
1: heard this quote about choose your heart. And it's like, it's hard to feel unhappy. It's hard to deal with the repercussions of sending a nasty text and like feeling crappy because you haven't worked out in two days. So it's like just as hard to Get up early, go run, journal down three good things. You know what I mean? So it's like both are hard in their own ways.
0: So just choose the hard that's going to make you happier. I know what you're saying, but I kind of clam up at the word choose when it comes to emotions. It makes me think of like choose to be happy. And it's like we can't, but we can choose the pursuit of. I think
1: choosing your hard is more choosing habits and activities and actual actions that can lead to emotions of happiness or lead to positive emotions
0: yep. I feel that I think what's being revealed in this book as well is just the perpetual state of misery we put ourselves in and then we yeah. have these we like have these little conversations, not this podcast, but like with our friends or like we see a quote and like, it, it, it gives you that serotonin boost for like that day or that hour. But then like the majority of our time is that state of like misery, which is like almost going back to chapter two when he says on 48, no matter what you have or get, you won't be happy. You will always be looking for something else that promises greater fulfillment, that promises to make your incomplete sense of self complete and fill that sense of lack you feel within. So it's like, what are we going to wake up and and now yeah okay after the clarifications I hereby subscribe to choose your heart <laughs> yes let's go I was like wait I've been living by that recently <laughs> no I like it but you know when it, you know when people say like I choose joy and I'm like okay I choose right. happiness
1: no no I
0: completely agree I completely agree that's usually how I view it so thanks for the clarification wait something I was
1: so interested is the in asking you about is the last section about ego and fame.
0: Ooh, I was so excited when I saw the title to this.
1: Okay, I don't even know what question I want to ask you, but I guess like do you meet people that you can just feel are trying to attach to you because of who you are?
0: So funny you say that because in reading this chapter, in no way was I viewing myself as someone cool that other people would do this to. Instead, (laughs) I fully read it as like the way that I – interact with other people who I maybe think are more famous or more followed or more cool. Oh, interesting. And even like this well-known phenomenon of name dropping, like I do that, but it's because I have like, I did this last night when I was at an event, like there's someone and I want to make a connection with them. And unfortunately in LA, everyone is in there wrapped up in ego. So Unless you prove to them in 30 seconds that you're worth their time or asking you a question. And so for me to quickly say like a name of someone I've interviewed or a name of someone I've worked with that is a mutual friend or someone that they know, then in their mind, they're like, oh, this girl's worth my time or I should, you know, have this conversation. So it's almost like I'm doing it because I don't feel like I'm going to be given a chance if not. But then it's like I'm subscribing to the system of that.
1: Okay, okay. I actually have an interesting addition is there was one part I can't I don't remember what it was. But basically, I was like having this whole sense that anyone who is successful, really successful in whatever they do is a little bit of a narcissist. And now I'm thinking of renaming that to a little bit of like, just super egotistical.
0: Because like you have to have a lot of ego to be successful. Do you disagree? I mean, it's a really interesting point. I had to think about it. But I definitely, 100%, yes. If you are successful, like you have advocated for yourself. You've negotiated your rates. You've believed you're worthy of this agency and not that agency. Or this publisher and not that publisher. Or you can get this guest or not that guest. Like I even think we could say like believing in yourself is a little bit narcissist because you believe you can. Right. Why are you special? You know? Right. Right. Like this belief that you're more special than others. I thought what really hit for me in this Passage you're talking about, this is on page 83. They believe that through you, they can be more. They are looking to complete themselves through you, or rather through the mental image they have of you as a famous person, a larger than life collective conceptual identity. And I'm not sure if you have ever heard me harp on this or if I just think it. The notion of famous people is just ridiculous. Like, let's let's think think about I always think about it have you heard me say this before no okay think about an actor okay here's here's what it is someone said oh I was just sitting down and I wrote a story and this is a really like cool story I just love the story that I wrote I should get people to like you know learn the lines and like act it out in real life so that people can consume it in a way that's not just reading it, but seeing it. Cool. And let me have this guy film it because then we can share it with people who aren't here to see it happening right now. Okay. And oh my gosh, people are liking that video so much that we're going to broadcast it everywhere. And oh my God, so many people have seen it now that they think that this person acting is like so beautiful and so cool. And they felt so much in the character that now they want this person to go like on this talk show and they want this person to go on this carpet and now all of a sudden everyone really likes this person and so this person needs security and this person now is getting paid to do things like literally when you think about it like we have created it's the same way when people say if we just all involved the Kardashians they'd have no power
1: yeah yeah I know it's funny. I like doing the little zoom out of like human existence and we're all just like little ants on a planet. We're like, oh, that's so cute. All the little humans gathered to go watch this one human make noise with his voice <laughs>
0: yeah. at a concert. <laughs> like I just think it's so cute. No, it is like the literally, if we're if we're getting very real because this SMTS is under the arc of Real Pod. I was pooping earlier today, and I thought to myself, oh my God. Taylor Swift definitely has like had a tough poop. She's had to like clinch out, <laughs> like it's human. Like you know? know, like I'm like we worship, worshiped the fact that like I think about this woman when I'm pooping. That's how much I think of. I love her. And <laughs> you're it's, wearing a Taylor Swift sweatshirt right now. <laughs> oh, I literally am wearing my rep sweatshirt right now. And like the fact that like. She goes to the bathroom and poops like everybody else. Beyonce has to shave her legs. They all go to sleep at night. How about the fact that they sleep? Well, my thing is, so
1: he literally has, I'm not going to find the section, but he's basically being like, no one's more special than anyone else if you can let the ego go. But I'm like, what about these people who are just incredibly talented? (laughs) Like, Taylor Swift is better than me. But I guess not if we disconnect
0: from it. Well, she no, she is a mastermind. I mean, Victoria's yeah. like, no, she's better than you. No, <laughs> let's let's talk about this though because you bring up a good point. That's the thing. On sixty, Eckhart says egos only differ on the surface. Deep down, they are all the same. In what way are they the same? They live on identification and separation. To uphold the I thought, it needs the opposite thought of the other, the conceptual I cannot survive without the conceptual other. Basically, comparison. Like the ego ego thrives on comparison and it is ego when you feel superior. That's like the common notion of ego is like you feel better than people. But ego is also when you feel inferior. When your ego compares you to Taylor Swift and says you're not as cool, you're not as great, you're not as successful. That is ego. Wow. I'm pretty sure Eckhart also says that on the Oprah Winfrey discussion podcasts. Um, which we sent everyone to last week, so I'm sure no one's still here listening to us. But he says (laughs) the ego is anytime you're feeling inferior or superior. So it's both. And that was an unlock for me. Your ego is also what tells you you're not good enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not smart enough, and you can't. That's ego. Wow, our ego is just really
1: playing to both sides here. You know what's funny, though, is I feel like my ego plays more to that side. Sorry, that's like a really dark thing to say. But like I think my ego leans that way. And like I think I envy people whose ego leans the other way. Obsy. I know. Sorry. Good.
0: <laughs> no, you don't have Am to I apologize. Okay? It's just. Sad. This is why
1: I love to fucking gossip. Wait, <laughs> I feel like we
0: just had a full circle moment, though, right? Oh, that was a lot. <laughs> it was. I'll work on that. No, you don't have to. <laughs> but you know what? And this is perfect because this is where I wanted to end on seventy-one. He says, um
1: You love the you love the Jesus parts. I didn't highlight anything on these pages. <laughs>
0: wait, I'm literally dead. <laughs> Why do I love the Jesus parts? <laughs> Victoria <laughs> loves Jesus. <laughs> I was about to quote a Jesus part. You did not just call me out in my pause. Okay, wait, Aubrey
1: just opens the chapter and sees a capital hymn and is like, here we go again. <laughs> I see I see something about the truth with a T, big T.
0: <laughs> okay. I'm like No, but this is important, but this is important because he says Jesus speaks
1: he with a capital <laughs> H says <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm crying. He says, Jesus speaks of the innermost I am, the essence identity of every man and woman, every life form. In fact, he speaks of the life that you are. Some Christian mystics have called it the Christ within. Buddhists call it your Buddha nature. For Hindus, it's the Atman, the indwelling God. When you are in touch with that dimension within yourself and being in touch with that is your natural state, not some miraculous achievement All your actions and relationships will reflect the oneness with all life that you sense deep within. This is love. Laws, commandments, rules, and regulations are necessary for those who are cut off from who they are. The truth within. They prevent the worst excesses of the ego and often they don't even do that. Love and do what you will, said St. Augustine. Words cannot get much closer to the truth than that. So if I valley girl this for so much to say, it's that all of us like, I'm about to be like a literal pastor. All of us have the light and the love within ourselves. And I think some people do believe that's the Jesus in you. For me, I just believe like we all have light and love within us. And I love that he said it's not some miraculous achievement, like the way that we think we have to achieve enlightenment or like mindfulness or something. Instead, it's removing all the labels, the thoughts, the comparisons to reveal what is already there right now we have it right now it's just about like accepting it seeing it and it's it's so hard you know
1: yeah to be fair I was giving you shit about the Jesus parts but I did I did highlight love and do what you will like <laughs> <Just> <laughs> I did highlight those four words <laughs> I did highlight that well like, I love it it's like let love guide you and then you'll do the right thing
0: yeah yeah and I think it's that inner sense of compassion. I don't know why. I don't know if you're this way. Did I say this on this pod or the one we trashed? That's going to be our whole freaking show. That's going to be, yeah. But that, did I say this on this pod? If I'm, if I'm, uh, sorry, Just you guys. repeat it. Okay. You know that show on Netflix that interviews people on death row and it's like that guy that like murdered his grandparents and he murdered, like they interview people. Did I say this on this pod or the last one?
1: I don't know. And I can't remember if you just told me this in conversation. (laughs) Why do we talk so much and record so many podcasts? We should (laughs) stop
0: talking unless it's on the podcast. We just keep saying the same thing. (laughs) Okay, I'm just going to re-say it. There's a show about death row on Netflix where they interview these literal murderers. And I watch these shows and I find myself wanting to just give a hug to the killers because you hear about how they grew up and they were sexually assaulted or they were abused at home or they never really received love. And I really do have a belief in every human being good deep down within them. Like, I think we're born good. I
1: I was listening to The Revival, which is that new podcast about... The nurse who stole the fentanyl for the IVF. I'm sure everyone who's listening to this is listening to that too. I'm um, not. What is it? And I literally found myself. <laughs>
0: what? I said, I'm not. What is that? I've never heard of it.
1: Oh my God. It's this crazy story. Wait, what's um, it called? It's... The Revival or the, sorry, The Retrievals.
0: <laughs> okay. I need to, I need to look at it.
1: No, I found myself listening to The Retrievals, which is that new podcast about the IVF retrievals and the nurse replaced the fentanyl with saline. And like literally within the first 10 minutes, I was like, I don't think people are just innately evil unless they're like mentally screwed up. Why did she do that? She has this whole past with her husband and all of her friends were so shocked she did it. And like my mom called me and she was like, I just can't believe they didn't give her the sentencing. And I'm like, well, there's probably a good reason. Like there's just people aren't
0: just evil. You know what though? Like I can find compassion for a lot of things. I have literally no compassion for racism. Honestly, reading this chapter was making me think of BLM because of when they were talking about just different people and groups in society, like having beliefs. That is the one thing where I'm like, I have like no sympathy or compassion. I agree. I agree. I hate when people are like, they were just raised in a different generation. It's like, honestly, I I hope we can get our boy Eckhart on the pod because I have so many questions about you just said something about like if they're mentally unwell so mental illness when someone's schizophrenic or has borderline personality disorder like is that the unconscious mind taking over so much like when he described that woman in the one of the chapters it made me think of schizophrenia like also I'm curious his thoughts on I remember during 2020 he did a conversation on racism uh, on his on his Instagram, I should go back and listen to that. But um, I mean, racism
1: is like ultimate ego. It's just people's ego of feeling superior to a- another person,
0: right? But it's so violent that it's hard for me to wrap my mind around just being aware and like diffusing an unconscious mind. Like that's you know that's I mean he has the whole section on war. War is like violent ego which I definitely track I guess I'm thinking of the I remember George Floyd's name I don't remember the name of the man who murdered him which I'm glad that doesn't take rent in my mind that that cop I have no I have no sympathy for I mean I have no sympathy for it either yeah did you see that Dr. Nasser was just stabbed in prison yes oh my god I can't believe that all the comments were like uh, yawn. What's new with need new news. Like, because it's like no sympathy for him, which like, I understand what he did to some of those women. Like their lives are forever changed by the trauma he caused. So it's like now that he's receiving pain, like, I guess like, are we supposed to be so enlightened that we, I think the idea is like being so
1: enlightened that like, You wish good for him. See where wars come from, and like I think, like if you zoom zoom out of our humanity entirely and really think of us all as spiritual beings, it's like that was his ego playing into. You know what I mean? Like I know
0: what you're saying. I just don't know if I'll ever in the like in the foreseeable future of my life be able to. And I feel
1: like you lose a part of your humanity. You almost like become. Like disassociated from humanity, if you live that zoomed out, like
0: I feel like there's some humanity and like right, like I think this book, it's so. Of course, if everyone could access this, we'd be a beautiful planet. But I, I think this is a common question that you and I have had through the first three episodes. Is like, okay. Now, how do I actually function in society while incorporating these teachings when this shit's all going on? Anyways, we're out of time, but I thought this was just a stimulating conversation, Aubrey. Thanks for joining me. I thought so too, darling. Yeah, that was lovely. Just the whole chat was good chat. I think we're really like, we're really warming up.
1: Okay, are we? I I was like, my ego is like, are people going to think I'm such a bitch? I was just talking about how I love to talk shit for the first 30 minutes. No, they're
0: not. Wait, can I leave this in? Because I think this is powerful.
1: Sure, you can leave this in. I'm like, I'm
0: like, I, I, I. No, I was yeah, just going to say like, I'm like, don't hate me. I feel like I was. I love tea, but I feel like no, they won't because you know what they do too. Everyone does deep down. We can't talk about this book and not actually reveal the ugly. I know. In episode one, I feel like I was at least trying to be very like you know uh, tied up, and I feel like we can't actually have these meaningful discussions and impact people if we're not putting no. ourselves out there. And I'm really proud of us because I think we cracked a shell.
1: I think so too. I think so, too. I think that this was like a therapy session, too.
0: And we're assuming that if they're listening, they're reading this, they're reading this. And so if they walk away saying, oh, my God, these girls are blah, blah, blah. Hey, guess what? That's your ego. That's your ego, mama. (laughs) Okay, we'll see you next week. (laughs) Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. OBS and I are so excited to read the next chapter of A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. We'll be back again next Friday with our recap. So you have plenty of time to read if you want to keep up with us. Be sure to follow the show on Instagram at RealPod. So much to say is a part of the RealPod family. So you get everything right there. And you can also follow us individually at Victoria Brown and at Aubrey Gavello. Okay, thank you. Love you. And we'll see you next week.